Let's open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. We'll start a small series of the Lord allows us in the next four weeks. I want to speak to you about the mind. Amen. Let's just start with the scripture and then we will continue from there. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 5 to 11. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 5 to 11. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. May the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Hallelujah. Today, if you want to title the word, it is called the mind of all grace. Amen. A mind with God's grace. Amen. A mind full of God's grace. God wants us to have a mind full of Him, full of His thoughts. The moment we speak about a mind full of thoughts, we get upset or we get scared because we look into our lives and we have every other thought other than Jesus in our lives. So we are taught not to be honest with it. We are taught that if we admit that we have any other thoughts, God is going to be so upset with us that he's going to not accept us. So even while we listen to the word of God, every 10 seconds there might be a thought coming and trying to oppose it or trying to resist it, you might even lose listening to the word of God. So what I want you to tell is, at the moment, as you're sitting there, there might be so many thoughts that you're going through. But we have to start this word with the foundation, knowing that amidst all what I'm going through, the, all the thoughts that I have, God accepts me. So you have to listen to the scripture, listen to this word from a place of acceptance. I still might not have victory over all the negative thoughts that I should have victory, but I don't need to sit there like I have victory. I sit there the one who admits that I don't have victory, but by the, or as the scripture, as the word, as the preaching goes on, I am believing the Lord to give me the victory. Amen. Otherwise, we are, the Pentecostal circles, especially if you, if you, if you go through churches, especially, I'm not against any of them, have taught this thing that we have to pretend. Pretension can never bring us out of any thought. Pretension can only help us to sit here like Christians and go back as sinners. Amen. So 1 Peter chapter 5, you have to understand first of all, it is written by Peter. Who is Peter? When he wrote it, his mind is full of grace. That's why he could write this letter. But there was a Peter before he wrote this letter. A Peter who could be triggered with any small thing can trigger him into something amazingly negative. Hallelujah. Some of you are sitting here because it's a church setting. But if you put it in a wrong place with the wrong people who could 
trigger you and touch you in the wrong place. How we react? Praise the Lord. Not even pastor. I don't know how I'm going to react. Peter was such a person. When he is written that the God of all grace settled you, he was never settled. If you have to get deliverances in your life, we have to be honest with God. The greatest problem that has come to the church is, people have so religious, become so religious, that they come to church on a Sunday and we are very dishonest because they think they have to pretend, they have to put a picture before people. And by, 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 by so habitually used to it, they are so used to pretending on Sunday. Today's church life, especially, let's forget about all the other churches. Our church might get into the danger of not experiencing Christ because we are not able to open ourselves to him. Amen. Look at this man, Peter. He is a man who was with Jesus for three and a half years and still had dangerous thoughts like, if you attack me, I'll take my sword and cut your ears. He physically walked with Jesus and on a given day, he could take a sword and cut somebody's ears. And that's us. But a chance to return There is somebody like that. Amen. Anybody attacks pastor, we will pray for him. But anybody attacks me, I will show my true colors. <laughs> so there is a person who can bring on a given day true colors. That's why today's church people have to be so prepared to come to church. Because they're scared to. Come with the true colors. They think that people won't accept them. God won't accept them. So I want you to know, with all the true colors you have, you have hidden. God still accepts you. Jesus as God he was, he could have known the motion of Peter's sword and he could have just caught it. But he didn't. Because God knows that we are dust. God knows we can make the most grievous mistakes. But the greatest thing about this Jesus was, by the time Peter has written this letter, he has calmed down so much because God's grace was work in his life. He was writing this letter to the Gentiles who was a Greek or Roman. In, in, in a Greek or Roman world, there were Gentiles and he's writing, writing this letter and saying, casting all your cares or in Ivy version says, casting all your anxiety to Jesus. Worries. Amen. 2018 is coming to an end. I don't know how many of you have worries. Anxiety, cares, and you outside of church, how you react, your spouse and your servant, only both of them knows. Praise the Lord. Worries comes with thinking. You have dominant thinking. There are dominant thoughts. Fleeting thoughts we are okay with. But there are dominant thoughts. And some of us have made a little movie out of it. You know, Apple app, no? Movie. Make movie. Some of us have made a little movie. Some of us have edited the story according to the way we like it. And we think that is a real movie. And there is absolutely anything trustworthy in that movie. Praise the Lord. But we think and we are living. No wonder our mind is in a mess. No wonder we are full of cares. Full of anxiety. Uh, are you watching the wrong movie tonight? We are going to switch it off. Praise the Lord. We are not going to pause it. This word is to switch off the wrong movie. Take it out the CD. Praise the Lord. And put the right movie in. Praise the Lord. How many of you want to do that? Put your hands together and I'm going to do that. Praise the Lord. Amen. And it starts with 1 Peter chapter 5. The word starts with younger people clothe yourselves with humility. So even before God is telling how to handle it, 
It's saying you have to hear this word with humility. You have to clothe yourself. Younger boys, younger girls. Peter is saying, once I was young, I was proud. I want to tell you what all that happened to me. But he says, before you start this entire listening to that, anything to do with mind, any deliverance that you need, what your mind, you need to humble yourself. God is always on the other side of pride. Amen. And if you want to be on the same side of the ball as God, you need to humble. So the moment we start hearing, we want to say, I want to be on the side of God. It is easier to get deliverance, immediate deliverance. Amen. Hallelujah. You got to make sure that you have come in the right place with God. Amen. God is in the, that level of humility. Only you will understand God. You know most of the times why we don't understand God? Because we are so proud. We have to come in the level. God said, come humble yourself. You have to clothe yourself with humility. Because what we are eventually saying is that I am not in the same level as God. God is God and I am not. What you are trying to say is when you say, Lord, I humble myself, I am not making equal with you. I come myself and say, Lord, you are Lord and I come down. I listen to you. Praise the Lord. You are the creator. I am the creation. We have to start from that place and God's grace will flow. Praise the Lord. And also, when you listen to this word, you have to understand verse 9, which says, Resist him steadfast in the faith, ah. knowing that the same sufferings are ah. experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So, struggle is okay. Why am I struggling? Because struggle is meant to be there in every person's life. Don't act like you don't have one. Every person, brotherhood everywhere are going through the same kind of struggles. So, you're not special. Don't say I have a special man with a special struggle. Pastor, I'm going through this bad thought. That's okay. That thought that came to you had come to me before. I'm making you easier. Don't be, one of the versions is, don't be surprised with your struggles. Because we think once we are saved, the day that we were saved at the foot of the cross, and on our way back, all our struggles were in the church, and only we went back. But later you realize that as you opened the door and went, your struggles also came into the car and came with you. Amen. Maybe with a couple more people next to, sitting next to you, next to your struggles. You know what I'm saying? And the problem that we are going through is, we have the struggle. Somebody says, what's a struggle in marriage? Same brotherhood, same have struggles in marriage. Pornography is attacking. Every church person pornography will attack Adulterous thoughts is coming. Yeah, it will come. No. Every pastor, I, I have these thoughts that oh, I wish my husband of mine was dead. Yeah, um, somebody also would have had the same thought. Devil can bring multi, multi kind of struggle. Every struggle you name it, Bible says, he, every Christian goes through it. In various forms, in various ways. But we have victory over it. Amen. If I start, uh, you know, I want to take it. I want to take it another day. But if I start telling all the struggles that you and I go through, some of us will freak out. So next week's my talk will be titled "Freaking Out in God's Love." <laughs> Freaking out in God's love. Now the problem is this: when I was not saved and I felt angry with somebody, 
I can just bash them. I can say anything I wanted, and I feel good about it. Wow. He gave it to me. I gave it to him back. I feel good. He got three points. I got eight points. I won. I feel good about it. My heart feels good. My mind feels good. I feel like a champion. But when you are born again, the struggles increase. You know why? The same struggles is coming, but you cannot react the same way. If at all you react the same way, you know that I have to say sorry. So it gives me more struggle. <laughs> so the struggles increase. But the Bible says, everybody goes through the struggle. What you need to do is to be honest with it. What you need to do is the entire theme of this talk is honest. Say, if you look through the Psalms, it's quite opposite to what we have understood God. David was very honest with his Psalms. He said, I pour out my complaint. He said, why? He said, I go through this wild thought. He would name it before God. Amen. So admit that I have this thought residing in me. Most of the people, why they were attacked was because they were not honest. Why marriage problems? When they couldn't love their husband, when they couldn't love their spouse, they said, I love him. Because the Bible says declaration of faith. Declaration of faith is a part of the process, is a part of the end result of changing your thinking. Without, are you getting this? You have to declare my faith. But first you have to admit, I am not able to love my husband as I used to be. Lord, I am genuine law. I am real law. Because the devil always works in secrecy. He comes into our lives. He operates in secrecy. He will sneak into our lives. Amen. We have to admit that we are not on the same page. Sometimes, not on a personal basis, even people of the world, Bible says they'll hate you because they hated me. Because of your faith, people. I mean, it's a normal thing. Everybody goes through. Hallelujah. But then you have to say, Lord, I felt bad. I felt rejected. I felt like hating him back. I, I feel like that. You said, Lord, vengeance is mine. I feel right away that the vengeance will come to him and let him know that he has touched the apple of God's eye. These thoughts go. But at that time, it's not easy. Even for preachers, it's not easy. Just because I'm speaking here, God is using me to speak here, doesn't make it easier for me. It's difficult. There are struggles for everyone. The preachers and the listeners. I woke up with a struggle today. I jumped out of my bed. Because of a struggle. But that time also, we have to look to him and follow Jesus. Never stop following Jesus. That's what, even at that moment, you know, that's called denying yourself and take up the cross. In other words, aha, uh -huh, we have to understand, it's a new understanding, that you on one side you know victory is so close, but still I have not seen. What is taking up the cross and following is Jesus is, I know victory is mine, I know victory is on the corner, around the corner, but I have not seen it. And while I have still not seen it, I walk by faith and not by sight. That's denying yourself. You have to completely deny. That's following Jesus. While I have all these struggles and I've gotten absolute, I've been a failure, I've, I feel wretched. Paul in Romans said, I feel wretched, but he still followed Jesus. He did not say, I'm going back to straight. I'm going, I'm going back to Damascus. He did not say that. He still followed. You with me? Walk by faith. It is in suffering. The Bible says the glory. Consider afflictions as light afflictions. Call it, it's a light affliction. It will bring God's glory. Later, afterwards, 
momentary. Okay, we all know some of our sufferings are because of our stupidity. And all sufferings are not from God, all struggles are not from God. Some struggles we enter into it. Have you hear, have you have you sat with wrong people with so pessimist and so negative and so gossiping and come with so wrong news, loose talk and peaceless people and after enjoying a good meal and a good talk and a good holiday with them and then you come back and say, Lord, I pray for peace. I cast the devil out. Devil will say, I'll cast you out. I was never there. <laughs> I mean, we cannot be stupid. We cannot be around. Other day I was watching one of the programs of Benny Hinn and he was praying for and God gave him a word of knowledge and he said, you are so oppressed and demonically oppressed because of the people that you've been surrounding yourself. You cannot be stupid. You cannot be leaving this place and be around worldly, negative kind of people and then expect yourself to be positive, yourself to be full of faith. I'm not speaking here about evangelization or things like that. You should evangelize from, from a straight mind. Amen. I'm speaking about fellowshipping. You cannot be stupid. Hallelujah. You cannot go to places that bring sin and shame and, and reminds you of your past and, and then calls it a suffering. No, a stupidity. A wrong decision. Hallelujah. You have to be where people remind you of the righteousness of God. Amen. Even if it is a conversation you want to tell somebody about your struggles, it should be somebody who will uplift you after that. I think Solomon spoke his heart out to all those wicked women and they would have said, why are you following Jesus? Like one pastor said, he said, one pastor, I heard, I heard him say this. He said, you know, this person, let's call him Eric. He said, I, I, my friend Eric, you know, I can tell him all my struggles, even as a pastor. You know, I can just tell him. He still accepts me. You know why? Because he's worse than me. <laughs> even a good friend is, I mean, a good friend is okay. But you cannot be around people who show us the wrong direction. Who tells you lies. That is against the truth. That's not love. Love doesn't lie against the truth, the Bible says. Not even religious folks who is so performance oriented that it's like me judging my son for what he has done for the same things that I have done in his age. You cannot be with people who are so religious, who are so stupid in themselves and preach you stupid. You cannot be with that kind of people also. Praise God. You bring it before God. Open it up. Say that all these sufferings, everybody goes through it. Amen. And some of the stupid things that you expose yourself, when you know it's stupid, don't do it. So how to get out of it? I, 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 because of the lack of time, just five points. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. So he's saying, if you have to cast all your cares upon him, the first thing I told you, important, is humility. Humble yourself. Otherwise, what most people happens is, they cast all the cares in a song, and when they go out, it all come boomerang, like a boomerang, come with extra velocity with their lives. Have you gone through that? I cast it everything. I will say, I will cast all my cares upon you. And when you go out, all these cares come back to you. Seven times powerful. I don't know what to do. And I will call pastor. 
and ask him to after all the three hours of talk once again to lay his hands on me what you didn't get the deliverance in three hours you want me to pray in three minutes there's something wrong so the bible says therefore humble yourself that's the key thing pastor i don't like that who likes to humble themselves that is i don't like that because i've been thinking of late too much about me other people have not even come maybe i'm not judging that maybe because there is thinking too much about them of late because we always like to be the star of the production we only like to go to places where people treat treat us as the star we always want everybody to accommodate our preferences first i want everybody to read my mind or i'll get upset i want to be the center of everybody's affection but bible says humble yourself under the hand of god everybody say hand of god that itself means number one i am just a small part of this god's hand is more important i am just a small part of this your deliverance starts when you start understand i am just a small part i am not the hand jesus hand is the hand i am only a small part of it and in due time proper time he will lift me up because we are on a generation it's full of self promotion the technology have increased have you noticed you that when you have a problem that even before you pray you send a prayer request ha huh, you didn't get that isn't it that's called self promotion even if you don't pray for your needs pray for my needs even before i pray for my needs you pray for my needs that's your job laborers pray petra boys pray it's okay we have to pray we have to guard your back but have you prayed for your problem i have heard known about people if their breakthrough doesn't come it was because of the lack of your prayer pastor people are intoxicated with their own opinions but bible here speaks about humble yourself under the hand of god the sovereign hand of god when peter speaks about the hand of god i'll speak fast he is referring to the hand of god in exodus where it was god's hand that brought amen the posture of your heart determines which side you are in amen that's why as a pastor that something that is not under my control the only thing that is not under my control is the posture of your heart in the olden days i used to think that that is also my under my, my control so i used to struggle with somebody doesn't open their heart i have quit that ministry your heart <laughs> you praise god you deal with it number 2 what does god's hand speaks about god's hand speaks about his provision god provided manna amen but the problem with us is we want the lord to give us certain things but the same hand is the hand that corrects us that we don't want we like the hand that provides but we don't like the hand that the same hand that corrects when you humble yourself under the hand of god you thank the lord for the correction as well as the provision or the provision as well as the correction how many of you have how many of you trust the hand of god i mean we would be foolish not to trust how the lord provided us not just money sometimes when we were so depressed and so uh, full of tiredness and weariness some supernatural energy that has come over us it's all god's hand when we think that nothing is going to happen some invisible hand making things happen for us so we can trust the hand of god look at two people and say i can trust the hand of god amen the same hand why don't you humble yourself even if it is to correct you it was the hand of protection 
for Israelites when he drove the people away. The Egyptian Pharaoh and the, uh, the chariots. It was God's hand that scattered them, that broke the wind and protected them at the Red Sea. It was his hand, the supernatural hand that opened the Red Sea. It was his hand that protected them from the wrong people. Oh, come on church. How many of you know it was the same hand that removed you from certain situations that you thought was best for you? How many of you are here? I came to the city in 97. I went to buy my shoes in Brigade Road and the first person that I see is a friend who I met two weeks prior to our, before I, two weeks prior to I, before I came to Bangalore was a close friend of Rahul Dravid. I was just consecrated my life to Jesus in around 96, 97. I've just started walking with God, but I still like to hang around with this crowd. You know what I'm saying? A little fun, a little, you know, I was not as spiritual as you were at your time. You know, I, I liked a little unspiritual activity. So this guy told me, hey, Chako, when you come to Bangalore, we'll meet. I said, yes. And the first person who I see after I entered Bangalore is this person. I am here on this side and that guy is on the other side and he is trying to meet me but suddenly there was so much of traffic between us that he waited and waited and I waited and I waited. My dad was there, He's very, he doesn't have something called patience. Thank God because he started getting upset. He said, oh, you meet him sometime later. I said, okay, okay. And we, we, you know, exchange. Hey, we'll see you sometime later. 2007, 2017, it's been 21 years and I still haven't met him. What was that? The hand of God. He knew I would not stand here if I would have met him then. Praise the Lord. Nothing against Ravida, it's one of my favorite pastors. But sometimes, God remove us from things and people we think that good for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he is big and you are little. He knows the best. Amen. Hallelujah. You are small and he is great. That's why he picks you up. He knows the best plan. Hallelujah. He is infinite and you are finite. He knows the best plans. The plans that I have for you is plans of your prosperity. Amen. But the fourth place where God's hand speaks about is his plan. That's where I'm going to finish this talk. Everybody says plan. We don't like that, isn't it? Because we like our plan. Proverbs 19 and the 21st verse. There are many plans in man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. Amen. We have many plans, but Lord's plan has inside his purposes. Our plans doesn't have God's purposes. Amen. His plans are better than our plans. When you are saying, I humbled myself under the hand of God, you are saying, I submit myself to your plan. You know, half of our prayer time goes for what? Half of our prayer time goes to bring the Lord into our plans. It's a fact. We waste that time to bring the Lord into our plans. Come on, sir. We are telling Lord, you are a little late. But you said right on time. So come right now. You are a little behind schedule. Come now, now. And why Lord is not coming? Why now is not working? Because not God's plan. Everybody's voice has gone down. That's why I said the same hand. Now the issue is, then we, then we will immediately think, what is the path of God and what is my path? Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand. Because God said, I will bring you out with my outstretched arm and mighty hand. Amen. 
Hallelujah. But what is my part? I also have to do something. I have to walk. It's the same God who said to Moses, what is in your hand? Put it down. So Moses also had to do something. In simple, it means your hand under his hand. Oh. You know why we are worried? Because we try to control. All the people who are worried are in control over your life. All the people who are anxious about your future are in control over your life. Because we think God has given us something, responsibility, we have to everything to be in control. Because it's then all about me. But Bible says, it is not by might, no by power, but by my spirit. Colossians 1, 28, 29 says, we strive, but according to the working of his mighty power. So even our striving is through the power of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on church. Now I know that when you are sitting here, you have many thoughts. Some of you have addicted to something you can't, you don't want to tell it out. Some of you are struggling in your finances. Some of you are struggling in small, small arguments in your marriages. Some of you have big arguments in your marriage. Some of you have things that you are not good with you. You have secret friends. Some of you are suicidal. Some of you have sickness on your body. Some of you are crying inside, but you don't want to, everybody, anybody to have it. Some of you want something desperately and nothing happening. It is my responsibility to come here and preach. But I know, unless the Lord speaks through me, come on, unless his hand come upon my hand and my mouth, you go here with nothing. Right? Just because, just because I'm called to preach, just because of a message, doesn't mean that I have to control the full service. Ah. God has to use my mouth, my imagination, my thoughts, my heart, my senses. Everything God has to do it. Praise the Lord. Otherwise nothing happened. God has to speak what is relevant to you. Amen. And he will speak. Is he speaking? Only three people. First, I think I have to preach another talk. I might have to study books. I might have to study the word. But God has to speak. But then I am saying, ah, God will speak. Then I will read two scriptures and come. God speak. One man of God came with John 3.16. He preached John 3.16 for 40 minutes and minutes. Because he thought God would speak. He did not read any other scripture. He did not prepare any other word. He did not read any other book. 1 John 3.16 he came. He was young in the Lord. He did not know. Hallelujah. Because we have learned manipulation as a habit. We have to break that spirit. Manipulation has come as a habit. Amen. I am trying to put my hand on God's hand. Hallelujah. Are you with me church? Look at Matthew chapter 16 and 21st verse fast. We're passing on the time. Matthew chapter 16, 21. Can I take uh, 15 more minutes? Is that okay? From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Peter, young Peter, who still not written 1 Peter 5, Taking Jesus aside and rebuking him. Jesus was supposed to suffer. But Peter was confused. Because he is still thinking that he has to be in control. He is still thinking I have to control Jesus. Still proud as a young boy. He still did not want to be under God's control. Peter is saying, Lord, you have provided for that boy. You know? There are a lot of boys who need your provision. It's not time for you to die. Come on, church. Suffering of Jesus was under the plan of God. But Peter is trying to control and say, Lord, you have to minister more. 
You have to become a king. After all, we step out for the Lord looking at you. He was rebuking. Amen. Praise the Lord. He was caught up in his preferences, his ideas. Bible says, he took him aside. In other words, I will give you some lecture. I will give you some sound words. I will help you to decide, Jesus, what the right thing for you. Are we like that? Sometimes are we like that? Lord, divorce is better. Lord, Lord let me, let me tell you. Instead of humbling himself, he said, let this never happen. I got a plan. And what did God say? Get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine what a... He got a double promotion from Simon to Peter. Now Peter to Satan. What a dream. It's like from James Bond. Suddenly, and suddenly like the lower artist who is putting the makeup. Get behind me, Satan. Because the Bible says, you have the thoughts of man. You have the human mind. What is he says? Only that was 1621. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be from and, and Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. You have the things of man. Mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Things of your mind is full of the things of man. What is the human mind? Want to control things. That's why our mind is in a mess. We are trying to get control. Amen. For example, just imagine, you know, somebody new comes to my stage, the stage I want to speak to them. Just give me a mic first, you know. Just, 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 just think that he is the new man, you know. So I'm just asking him some question, and I don't know why, what is he going to answer. So I'll put the mic here. Say something. See, say something. So I took the mic off. See, I'm in control. He's speaking, but I don't want everything he speaks. I don't have time to for something. So I'm taking the mic when I want. I put him. When he, when he says something, I am. What is it? I am taking the mic off. Amen. But imagine the same thing. Imagine the same thing. I am speaking. Just imagine Joby is one person. Suddenly, you know, just imagine Joby was suddenly, Tutti called him and he ran. And he suddenly, you know, forgot about the ministry, everything he gave, you know, that piece of control, uh, what is that called, iPad, into somebody's hands and event. That somebody did not like uh, what I was saying. So what does the somebody do? As I'm speaking, what does the somebody do? The moment something he doesn't like. Did you hear anything? Because somebody reduced my volume. Praise the Lord. What am I trying to say? Although I have the microphone, somebody else is in. Ah, you got that? You got that? Although I have my marriage and my children and my finances and my ministry, all that God has given to me, but somebody else. Ah, come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody else is in control. Jesus has to be in control. My responsibility. I'm supposed to be a husband. I'm supposed to make the right business. I make the right vision for the ministry. All that. But who is in control? Somebody. But we are so used to this. To let go. Somebody has to control. His name is Jesus. To let go of our control. Hallelujah. Even at times. You are here. You know why? So it's not that you didn't have work. But God was in control over your time. Amen. That's why even the wind recognized it. He spoke to the wind. The wind calmed down. The waves calmed down. The seas calmed down. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because they recognized the invisible hand of God. Even the creation exercised the submission. Creation understood that. And Peter is saying, I want yourself to submit to this hand. Humble yourself under the this hand. And he will lift you up. Ah, come on. In other words, you're saying, Lord, I don't know what 
I want this, 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 but I don't know what is good for me. But I trust you. I trust your timing. Your heart condition is, Lord, I've this complaint. I, I, I'm honest with you, Lord. This is what I'm going through. But I trust you, Lord. But I trust you with your decision, Lord. I trust you with your thought, Lord. I trust you with your timing, Lord. I trust you with your wisdom, Lord. I humble myself. And what happens as I humble myself? The anxiety goes out of the door. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what it's saying. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He may exalt in due time. Coma. When you humble yourself, what happens? Casting off your cares upon him. Your anxiety. God takes it away. With my pride and my arrogance. All goes with it. My self-promotion. And peace comes. Amen. That's what Peter said to be your goal. Amen. And he said, so that you will not get back these thoughts, one thing you have to do. Verse 8. I'll finish that. Be sober, be vigilant. Ah, be sober. When you are drunk, intoxicated, be. Peter was so intoxicated with his own thoughts, with self-control. God said, taught him, be sober. Amen. Are you so intoxicated with yourself? What is right in your eyes? Be sober. But the devil is like a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He's a liar. Because even while you read the scripture, you're thinking he's a lion. He's not a lion. He's like a lion. He's a lion. Ah, come on. Jesus is the king of kings and the lord of God, the lion of Judah. The devil is not the lion. He's like a lion. God's enemy is pride. Our enemy is the devil. God resists the proud. God's enemy is what? Pride. Our enemy is what? The devil. He is like a lion. He wants us to hypothetically think things that will never happen. He is like a lion. Or what you have done in the past is bringing it out again and again and again. Saying that he is reasoning with you. And Lord said, let's reason together. So if he is not the lion, why is he like the lion? Because he is loud like the lion. His voice is if I am loud, the devil is trying to be louder. He's like the lion. He's not powerful if you don't give him power. Let me put it across this way. He's not powerful if you don't give him your thoughts. Don't get this. He's not powerful if you don't give him his thoughts. We gave his thoughts. He's filled us with lies. And today God is going to fill that with grace. We have to guard. Sometimes it's like we magnify the devil. Everything is the devil. You see a donut? Oh. The devil brought that donut. I was going to die. I will bind that devil. Don't do that. So delicious. Everything is the devil. But the reality is we are not guarding our mind. Come on. Oh. Some of you are so full of blaming the devil for everything. If you are not guarding the mind, that's why he looks powerful. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on, somebody. You see the mother-in-law? She is the devil. She's not the devil. She's the answer to your prayer. When you told the intercession team, Lord... Pray, brother, pray, sister, for my patience. Mother-in-law was the package that God sent into your life to teach you patience. Praise the Lord. No praise the Lord for that. Peter understood that. That's why he immediately took them and showed love and so Pray for fever to go. Not only lion. When you read through the Bible, he's also a reptile, a snake. Amen. Snake steals. He's stealing our thinking. Amen. He's saying... It's like a father and a little girl. And the father telling the little girl, uh, you 
want to swim. She said, you know, I am only three years old. My brothers are five and seven. They learned the swimming when they were five and seven, but I can swim in three years. So the daughter is telling the father, I'm going to do it. I'm going to hold my breath and I'm going to do it. And the father is saying, when you do it, as you take that breath and going to go to the other side, a thought will tell you and you become louder that you're going to drown, that you're going to drown. But keep swimming. You are smarter than your brothers. And she swam and she went and she came to the other side and said, Papa, I've done it. But what you said is true. That snake was louder than I thought. He told me many times that I will drown. And the father asked the daughter, what did you tell that snake? I told that snake in my mind to shut up. Oh, come on, church today. There is thoughts that is coming in your mind saying you cannot make it. You will not reach it. You will not achieve it. You will not be successful. You will not be hallelujah for many things are here. But somewhere in your line you say, shut up, devil, shut up. Man, the lizard has no power. The God of peace will soon crush the devil under your feet. Hallelujah. I will be church. So what is the mind of grace? Peter says, you look at Peter's life and you will know it. What is it? Last verse and I'll be pray. 1 Peter chapter 5. Casting all your cares upon him. Resist him. Steadfast in faith. And after all that he said, may the God of grace who called us to eternal glory of God after you suffered for a while. Perfect, established, strengthened, and settled you. What is the mind of grace? What is it? It has called you to eternal glory. When God's grace fills your mind, you will not stay in denial. You cannot stay denying Jesus and can go to sleep. You will get up knowing that I'm called to eternal life and I have an eternal home and I have eternal glory and it's an eternal God and there is a race that He has set before me and I'm going to finish it. That's the mind of grace. What is the mind of grace? You resist Him by faith. You will overcome everything that he used to put you down. Amen. Because it's going to come back. The thought is going to come back. So you resist him by faith. Peter first time, the Bible says he fell. Second time, he stood up. The same place. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says he stood up. Eleven stood with him. The same place. He denied him. He exalted Jesus. You know what happened? Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love drives all fear. In other words, if perfect love is your driver, fear cannot sit at your back seat. Praise the Lord. If perfect love is your driver, fear cannot sit at your back seat. A grace, full of grace mind, does not have a special seat for fear. Come on. Some of you have given special seat for fear. You have put the seat belt and kept in there. Praise the Lord. And come to tell you, God's grace. Will remove that seatbelt and cast him out of your car. Jesus is the Lord over your journey. But grace will keep that fear from entering your life again. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter chapter. Are you, are, you, are you there? Are you there? I think that's enough for the day. That's enough for the day. Hallelujah. The time is gone. So that's what God's grace will do. He will give you the picture of God's eternal glory. He will show you how powerful God is. Who has called you. He has got the loudest and the last word over your life. Praise God. Tonight. Hallelujah. Tonight. God wants to fill your mind with 